The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com From the deepest, darkest grooves, to the backwoods swamp near the bottom, to the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for a big, scary show. Chris Ainsworth with the Thornhill Woods Haunted House, and you're listening to the Big Scary Show. Don't turn that dial. Hi, this is Ed Gannon with Chambers of Terror in Salem, Mass., and this is the Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) And you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. (laughs) This is Chris Crum at EvilFireLizard.com, and this is The Big Scary Show. This is Dave Schonk with Closed Casket Studios, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Kevin Cook from Missing Finger Productions, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. This is Scott Bainey, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. You've done it. You've taken a few more steps closer to the 2021 haunt season. That's right. You've probably spent some time already shoring up your haunt for impending weather, making sure things don't fly away, float away, blow away. Uh, You've maybe even started buying some stuff in the stores, seeing those spirit Halloweens opening up. Uh, Maybe you've even had your first taste of something pumpkin flavor. Well, if you really want to know that the haunt season is on its way, it's Big Scary Show, episode number 244. That's right, we're getting you in the big swing, getting you ready for the season as always. And boy, do we got some fun things in store for you. First of all, we got Badger with Deadline News, because you need to be in the know of the things for this season. Um, We're also going to hear from this old crone, and she's going to be at the Northwest Arkansas Comic Con. So we actually get some live interviews. Yay! Back to cool stuff. Um, Meat Hook Jim is going to take us to Korea to go between the corpses and find out what rituals go on there. Jerry has a great selection for us from our friends at Midnight Syndicate. Ooh, go check out their new album. 
Um, I'm going to be ranting in the haunt minute about, well, of course, normal craziness and maybe some policies that some companies are making for this Halloween. Does it affect you? Is it something you should be thinking about? Only a minute will tell you in the haunt minute. And, um, of course, the showcase of the big scary show the round table of terror and this episode we're talking with two haunt owners uh haunt uh, operators who have um a big challenge this year because they are part of our conversation of haunts that were not open last year but are opening this year we're going to talk with chris ainsworth and ed gannett Find out all the challenges, the unique aspects of their haunt, what they've had to face during the pandemic year, and what they have to face in the coming weeks as we get ready to start the season, and how important it is for them, so that we can all share and figure out how important this season is for you. This, so much more, gruesome giveaway information, everything you could possibly want in a podcast about the haunted attraction industry. That's right, episode 244 of The Big Scary Show is on now. This is the old crone for The Big Scary Show, and I am standing here with Cynthia Morchetti, great artist. She has all kinds of great things for if you're into witchcraft or if you're into Harry Potter or just anything witchy, she's got some beautiful stuff. Welcome to the Big Scary Show, Cynthia. Hi, thanks so much for coming by and visiting with me. It's so excited to be here. Great. Now, is this your first Comic-Con? Absolutely. It is. It's my first one. And um, to be honest with you, I, I got in last minute, so it was kind of rushed for me. So this is a new experience, but I'm really excited about it. It was destiny for you, wasn't it? It was. It, it felt like it truly was. Great. So give me some of your, um, what's your inspiration for your your spell bottles and spell books and your cauldrons are just amazing. Thank you. I, I've actually always had an interest in this since I was a child. I've always been a nature lover, so a lot of my stuff comes from things I find out in nature. I am one of the Crone sisters who hails from Banshee Manor, so a lot of my inspiration, who actually what got me started, was Banshee Manor. Okay, I will take credit for part of that. Yes, you should totally take credit because I don't think I would have ever picked up and made a huge cauldron had it not been for Banshee Manor. Did not realize I had that talent. Or costuming. And, <laughs> and I, I am proud that I have pushed you out Thank of your you. comfort zone into doing this because your work too. is absolutely amazing. Thank you. And I'm super proud of you. Thank you. So, um, Cynthia, this I know that this is really your passion. You love creating art and things that people can use either in their homes or for uh, haunted, haunted attractions. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone needs to find you and wants to see some of your stuff, where do they find you at? Uh, simply go to CynthiaMorchetti.com and I have uh, a form there you can fill out for custom work or any questions that you might have. I actually also have links to the different uh, places I'm currently acting at, one Banshee Manor. I also do, I'm currently playing Cruella at Riverside Entertainment, uh -huh. so there'll be a link there too. Um, I also do digital design and invitations, so one-stop shop, you, uh, whatever you need, I can do it. You need That's a video great. or graphics? <laughs> now do me a favor and spell Morchetti, because it's CynthiaMorchetti.com. It is. So spell Morchetti for me. M as in mom, O as in Oreo, <laughs> R as in 
ride. E is in echo, D is in delta, I as in ink. Okay, so M-O-R-S-H-E-D-I. It, it looks more complicated than what it is. Okay, it really, right. truly does. It, it, I get mispronunci mispronunciation a lot. Easy for you to say. A right. <laughs> well, thank you, Cynthia, and I really encourage everyone to, to take a shot at her website. And this is some beautiful, unique stuff, especially those haunted houses who have witchy areas, um, apothecaries and things. This is some great detailing stuff. And I'm very proud to be featuring a lot of it in Banshee Manor this Thank fall. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you, Jonna. Thank you, Cynthia. Bye-bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two movies being shown in this area that we sincerely would like to warn you about. The titles, The Gruesome Twosome and Something Weird. These are without exception the bloodiest, goriest motion pictures ever produced. If you are the least bit squeamish, do not attempt to see them. We have told you about many horror movies that you probably got a big kick out of, but these are different. If you are at all impressionable, don't see them. If you have an impressionable teenager, under no circumstances let him or her see it. Absolutely no children will be admitted. Both of these films are in color, which even makes the horror more horrible. We are sincere in warning you about these movies. The titles again are Gruesome, Twosome, and Something Weird, and they are honestly the goriest films ever produced. See them if you must. But we wanted you to know what to expect. Midnight Syndicate. Have our guests asylum on the Big Scary Show.
Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Hi folks, it's Drew Badger. This is Deadline News for episode 244. And like we've done way too many times of late, we have some sad news. This time coming from Hillside Horror Haunted Attraction in Roaring River, North Carolina. Hillside Horror is deeply saddened by the loss of Kimberly Denise Watkins, a.k.a. the one and only Belladonna, who passed away unexpectedly on August 15th at the age of 55. She was not only mom to the infamous Piggy, but was mom to all of us here at Hillside. She was not only a great actor and team player, but an even better friend. She will be missed by not only our staff and her family, but also by the thousands that enter her old farmhouse this season and in the seasons to come. The Big Scary Show sends its deepest condolences to the family and friends of Kimberly Denise Watkins and offers up this moment of silence. On a lighter note, we have this update from the Midwest Monster Fest coming to East Moline, Illinois. Midwest Monster Fest is proud to announce Darcy DeMoss to the September 3rd through the 5th event at the Rust Belt in East Moline. Darcy has been added to the 35th anniversary reunion for Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives, with C.J. Graham and Tom Matthews. Darcy DeMoss is an American film actress whose credits include... Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives, Eden, Can't Buy Me Love, Stick Fighter, Pale Blood, Vice Academy 3, and others. She's also appeared in several Ron Harris aerobics productions during the late 70s and early 80s. Get your tickets now at Co-op Records of Moline or at MidwestMonsterFest.com. You may have heard this on last week's Big Scary News during the interview, but we have this from Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. We are extremely excited to announce that Midnight Syndicate will be returning to Cedar Point for the 2021 Hollow Weekends event. Back by popular demand, they'll be performing one of their most immersive shows, 2018's Conspiracy of Shadows. For a complete list of show dates and times, visit cedarpoint.com, midnightsyndicate.com, or just go back and listen to Big Scary News episode 211. We have some hiring news from Demented FX in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Scare people, get paid, we're hiring for the season. We're open every weekend in October with flexible scheduling. No prior acting experience is needed. Applicants must be 18 years or older. Demented FX Haunted House features 20,000 square feet of giant monsters, Hollywood quality sets and props with hair raising sound design and video. Apply now at Demented fx that's the letters fx.com slash jobs 
We have this news from the Hell's Gate Haunted House in Lockport, Illinois. As October creeps closer and closer, we're increasing our ranks. Now's your chance to get out on the excitement. Apply today and be what all the screaming is about. We're hiring all positions. Get paid to scare people or help the people who scare people. We need actors, makeup artists, gift shop, ticket booth, concessions, games, bartenders, parking, and security. We offer a $100 attendance bonus, a $100 vaccination bonus, and a $100 bring a friend bonus if your friend is vaxxed and has full attendance. No experience necessary. We train. Sign up today at hellsgate.com slash jobs. We have this news from Witcheswood Haunted Attraction in Westford, Massachusetts. Scare people and get paid. Witches Woods is a fun and exciting work environment. We work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings in October, and we have positions for actors who will work in the attractions, tractor drivers on the Haunted Hayride, ticket salespeople, parking attendants, phone support personnel, and more. If you love Halloween as much as we do, apply, and maybe you'll be lucky enough to work at New England's premier Haunted Hayride and Halloween Scream Park, Witches Woods. Love horror movies? Can't get enough Halloween? Want to play a crazed chainsaw maniac and get paid for it? We have jobs. Work for Witches Woods. Apply at witcheswoods.com slash jobs dash employment. We have this news from the Abandoned Haunted House Complex in Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Are you looking to make some extra cash right before Christmas and have the best time of your life while doing it? Love Halloween or the idea of scaring people for money? Want to make new friends and be accepted into a fun and caring family? Look no further. We're growing our team and want you to join. All positions are paid. No experience is needed. Don't want to travel alone? Invite your friends and family to apply. Applications can be found at AbandonHauntedHouse.com And finally we have this update from Days of the Dead coming to Las Vegas. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actor Bruce Campbell to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Las Vegas, happening October 8th through the 10th at the Plaza Hotel and Casino. The man, the myth, the chin, Bruce Campbell will be appearing Saturday and Sunday only. There's a limited amount of photo ops and autographs that will be on sale shortly. For more information, daysofthedead.com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Hi, this is the old crone again, and I am here with Bruce Holt, better known for Forged in Foam. Hi, Bruce. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. You've got some amazing, amazing armor and costumes and things that are primarily for cosplay, right? Yes. And it's all made in, what type of foam do you use, EVA? I or? use EVA foam. It's my main foam that I use. I also use a lot of leather in my products. Okay. Well, um, you know, I know we... Haunters, you know, us that own haunted houses and and uh, haunted attractions and home haunters and stuff, we're basically taking a key of um, using EVA to create props and costumes and stuff. So we're learning things from cosplay players. 
So how did you get started? How did you find out that you could do these things with EVA foam? This is, this is a funny thing. Is I've been building costumes since I was 14 years old. Oh, wow. So 46 years ago. <laughs> um, but back in the late 90s, I was competing at a Halloween contest. And I was wearing a, a board costume from Star Trek. And uh, after the contest, this guy came up to me and he says, he says, hey, dude, he says, do you cosplay? And I says, cos what? And he goes, <laughs> cosplay, you know, do you wear these costumes all the time? I says, well, Halloween. He says, he says, oh, he says, is that made out of EVA? And I says, Evie what? <laughs> and so afterwards, I get on the Internet and I'm like, EVA foam, what is EVA foam? And I came across Evil Ted Smith, okay. which is a great uh, uh -huh. builder of, of cosplay, a close friend of mine now. And um, so I started building these costumes out of EVA. And I, the first one I built was a mascot for the four-state fusion, which uh, was, and I've got pictures of, of building that costume. And that was my first foam one. And since then, I've built things like the Luck Ruck, which is the... Incredible one on the end. Um, the one in the back uh, is uh, that's called Morphoses. He's my own rendition from Warcraft, and I competed in 2017 at Planet Comic Con and won the Craftsmanship Award for it. Wow, I could definitely see why. So, and they're airbrushed, but now I'm going from from the EVA foam and I'm starting to add leathers. That's how I make my samurai costumes and stuff like that. So it's a long story, but um, I've had a lot of fun with it. That's really cool. Um, so if someone was start, just starting, like myself, using EVA, basically I'm using a box cutter, some X-Acto knives, um, a heat gun, and uh, rubber cement. Um, what else would you recommend people just starting out in EVA, you okay. know, uh, if tips. you're starting on EVA for, for tips, first, uh, research some of the, the tutorials. Mm -hmm. I've actually got a tutorial that's on TNT Cosplay's site. Okay. Um, and it's TNT Cosplay on uh, YouTube. And you can go in there on how to make the perfect scene. Nice. Or the near perfect scene. And that's one of my t tutorials. And that gives you an idea of using, like, the barred cements for contact adhesive. Uh, what paints to use. Uh, what finishes to uh, use grinders? Uh, you say a box knife, a retractable, a retractable blade is better, mm -hmm. and you can sharpen those and continue to use them. Mm -hmm. um, that way, it gets you away from that razor blade more into an actual cutting blade. And then um, heat gun is very good, um, and a lot of patience. That's that's the main thing. Is you you know you can't start making elaborate costumes right off the first. But um, next door to me is uh, J.C. Mitchell, and I met her at a convention. Um, it's probably been eight to ten years ago, and I walked up, and she was a beginning cosplayer. And I, uh, the material she used was very simple materials, uh -huh. uh, thin EVA foam from, like, Hobby Lobby. Uh -huh. But I was so impressed with her work that I went up and, I, you know, I was asking her background, and she told me it was her first one. So it doesn't mean you can't make it. It's just the patience and wanting to do it. But yeah, um, I, I, I could talk about this for hours. I could so. probably listen to it for yeah. about hours because I love learning about yeah. how to use 
these new mediums. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to, you've already mentioned a few things, but give me again a shout out as to where to find, um, if they want to look at your stuff or want to look at your tutorials, where's the best place to find you? Okay, uh, the best place to find me is Crazy Costumes by Bruce Holt. Mm -hmm. Very simple, and that's on Facebook. Okay. Uh, um, also on Instagram as Forged in Foam Cosplay. And um, every once in a while, I'll be with TNT. I'm an affiliate of TNT Cosplay. They have foam supplies and oh. stuff like that. So look up TNT Cosplay. Give them a shout out for me. Okay. And uh, and if you look at their YouTube videos, that's where uh, you'll find my um, the near perfect scene. Okay. In I will definitely foam. be checking that but, out, and I'm yeah. sure a lot of people will be soon. Those are the easy way. And plus, uh, one of the things I'm involved in now is uh, it's called the Figmentation Foundation and this is for uh, kids that are critically injured you know maybe lost a limb or, or has had something that disabil uh, disability as a uh -huh. young child we bring that child in and we ask them okay if you could be a superhero one of your own not you know we know they're superhero right. but if you could be a superhero what would your superhero be and then when they they'll tell us a story of their superhero We'll have them draw a picture, and it doesn't matter how good it is. Um, and what we do is we will bring that child in. We build them a quality costume. That and, is awesome. And then we do a short 15-minute, I think it's 15-minute production of them. Uh -huh. And uh, there's a, a book that's written for that child. That's great. So when they see it on the big screen, uh -huh. they, it actually takes them out of their disability. But it's, it's called the Figmentation Foundation. And I'm That's their great. costume director. That is great. So. That is great. Well, thank you so much. I've learned a lot. I'm definitely going to be checking out your sites. Yeah. And uh, I think this organization, Figment, Figment, tell me again. Figmentation Foundation. Figmentation There's actually Foundation. a card right over there. I will you can grab pick it up. so I can put a link out there yeah. for everybody who wants to learn more about that. Yeah. And uh, then if you're here tomorrow, we're, JC and I are actually do, doing a panel on starting uh, to great. make. Great. Your phone cost. Terrific. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs>
for people who are just doing the one or two days on a whole property. Um, not something that they normally do all the time. As a matter of fact, you know, the only other times that they actually uh, have been known to do it is um, like Labor Day and Fourth of July. So they've been known to do it for like big party things. And that's what they're saying that they're doing is, is stemming off the possibilities of people getting Airbnb properties for big parties and, you know, breaking their policies and, you know, having any type of illegal activity with that type of thing. Uh, mainly I'm looking to focus over parties of 16 people or so at properties and, you know, everything that can occur with that liability damage, everything else. So it makes sense, but it's a huge indicator that, you know, if Airbnb has done the research and says, hey, you know, we got to stem off potential sales because this might be such a popular uh, position and so many people might be wanting to party and, you know, party in such a way that they don't want to ruin their own house. Uh, we got to make a policy for it. Uh, that sort of says something about Halloween and what's coming up. It also opens up a whole new concept of possibilities and everything for you. You know, for Airbnb itself, I'm like, well, okay, this is interesting. I've, I've never really thought of that and renting for Airbnb for Halloween, but, you know... That's pretty cool. Do they do they got some spooky haunted properties? Can I can I rent a haunted property for Airbnb? This seems like a search I want to be having to do. And of course it brings the other image in mind. Well, if there is a market for this, can it be tapped into? Do, do people want to rent my entire haunt for Halloween weekend? Do, do they want to have the big Halloween rave and everything? I mean, granted the nightmare of liability and damage and everything else but you know as a haunt owner and how creative you are and well <laughs> you know big party and stuff that sort of goes through your mind even if it's just a little fantasy or something to have your haunt rented out as a rave well you know it's possible if airbnb's got to do a policy against it there's a market out there so it's going to be another big season this year and you can tell by policies being made so until next time keep every minute scary Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. And in the meantime, share your opinions on the Big Scary Show Facebook page and on Twitter at Big Scary Store. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to take a couple seconds here to uh, talk to you about the gruesome giveaway. Uh, next month is September, and of course, followed by October. They are generally our busiest months for listeners, and we generally up the ante with our prizes in the gruesome giveaway because we know more people are listening. Now, we have not had a winner in several months for the simple fact that nobody has entered the contest. Meaning, if you knew the answer and had entered, you probably could have won. So, we are in the works with something that could be very big for the next two months, so you definitely may want to pay very close attention to the gruesome giveaway in September and October, because we may just have a new prize in addition to the prize that we normally give away from Screamline Studios. So, take that, file it away in the back of your mind until next month when we have an all-new gruesome giveaway we love giving out these prizes and we hope that you will win one but you can't win if you don't enter so 
Listen in September and October, and every month, where we do the gruesome giveaway sponsored by ScreamlineStudios.com. You don't want to miss the next couple months, folks. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. Gentlemen, that music you are hearing does signify that it is time for the Round Table of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. We hope you're enjoying all the interviews from the old crone and all of that from the Northwest Arkansas Comic Con. And everybody is starting to feel maybe a little bit more in the fall season. The temperatures are, are no, at least where I am, they're no longer a hundred degree heat index. They're only like 95. I've actually drove past a tree that was changing leaves yesterday and everybody is kind of getting excited because the end of August is happening next month is September and within three or four weeks a lot of haunted houses are going to be opening for the 2021 season you know as as everybody knows by this point there was not every haunted house open in 2020 lots of them were shut down for various reasons primarily COVID but maybe some others as well and uh, I want to thank the old crone for suggesting this topic. We are talking with a couple of haunt owners who were closed in 2020 for various reasons, but are opening, at least at this point, for 2021. We want to find out what their expectations were, all the goods and all the bads, what things they've done differently, and all that. So I want to introduce our guests for tonight. First of all, we're going to Salem, Massachusetts, the greatest town in the country for Halloween, apparently, <laughs> according to lots of people. Our our good friend Ed Gannon is with us. Ed, Hello. Is the, uh, Ed is with the Chambers of Terror up in Salem. He was not open last year, but he is opening up this year, we hope. How you doing, Ed? Good, sir. How are you? Oh, we're just fantastic down here. The Seeing the tree changing leaves has just got me all giddy for for the fall season, which... You know, still not going to get cold enough, but, you know, what are you going to do? Well, I love it. That's panicky. <laughs> I mean, I'm out of time. <laughs> there you go. But speaking of cold enough, I'm surprised there may not have been flurries in the air yet. Our other guest is Chris Ainsworth up in Thornhill, Ontario, Canada, where I'm sure it is also summertime up there and hasn't seen the snow yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Uh, Chris is with Thornhill Woods Haunted Attraction, a haunt that benefits the Sick Kids Foundation. Chris, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me, Drew. Absolutely. And we appreciate both of you coming on to talk about this, no doubt, in the middle of your building seasons, which is very much in, in effect right now. Also want to introduce our hosts, including up in Rhode Island, a survivor of Hurricane Henri Storm, 
I have thrown Jim Cantori off my lawn and gathered up the sticks and leaves that were in my yard. <laughs> you will and have rebuilt, apparently. Down in Cincinnati, we have Meat Hook Jim. And Drew, you know, you saw the leaves changing. It's because of the heat, because up here in Cincinnati, it was 96 today, and my Japanese cherry tree it looks like it's dying. Oh, geez. <laughs> it was only 92 here, but the humidity was a balmy 80%. So Yeah, know, we got like ain't... close to 100, 100% humidity oh. for the past month. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's been just soup. Ridiculous. Oh, I'm so used to that. We, we can ask Chris what the uh, humidity is up in up in Thornhill. How's that? It's the same as you guys. It's uh, stinking hot up here. And like you guys said, most of our leaves are falling off the trees because of the heat. Well, that that's a topic for another time. You know, we can bring an environmentalist on or some point at that. At <laughs> thing. But tonight, we're talking some uh, haunts that were not open last year that are opening this year. And I guess we'll start with Ed. Ed, tell us about Chambers of Terror and uh, what's going on this year. You've had two years basically to prepare for this thing, if not longer. What's going on? Right. Well, uh, Chambers of Terror is down on ah, Pickering Wharf uh, in Salem. And, um, you know, that's off the orange path if you've ever been to Salem. And so um, it's all uh, off the beaten path, hard to find as it is. It used to be... Um, Oh, geez, it's been around since like 91 with uh, with various owners, including uh, my friend John Denley. And he used to be uh, Terror on the Wharf back then um, and Myths and Monsters Museum. And uh, and now I'm taking it over this year and my buddy Skip has owned it. And um, so we usually do pretty well, open September and October, uh, almost every day in October and almost every day in September. And um, does a, a bricks business. We call it the scariest seven minutes in town because obviously it's a historic building. So they're all very tiny and, uh, you know, we're, we're a small, a small attraction, but, um, but it's 100% scare actor motivated. So, you know, without the scare actors, well, then there's really not too much to see because you don't really have a lot of time to see it. So uh, the, the actor interaction is our big hook. And last year with COVID, the, um, the, the mayor of Salem uh, went on this huge crusade uh, to basically not have people come to Salem in October. So that was a problem because obviously there's a lot of businesses that make all their, you know, all their money in October. And they were doing all kinds of PR stuff to try and say that, you know, it wasn't... Um, Oh, they only make 30% during October. No, it's, it's 80 to 95% of your income is in October. So, um, so that was a bit of a challenge. And we did, you know, I've been in this industry for over 30 years. And I teach haunt safety, all that stuff. So we knew based on the COVID rules and whatever, and I'd been back to full-time work by then. So we knew what to do. We had every safety. We take it very seriously. And we took every safety precaution in place. We had, um, you know, every actor was masked, we were masked. Uh, the place uh, is disinfected, um, you know, in between every group with a, you know, uh, electrostatic fogger with disinfectant. I mean, you name it. We had all the, the uh, sanitizers in place, like you see everywhere. We had all that stuff in place and ready to go. And we were doing actor training when uh, we got the word that the, um, well, let me back up. The, uh, the governor of the state, and basically, no one had qualified haunted houses when they made the rules for all the businesses. 
and every business had a classification. So haunted houses were kind of forgotten about because it was during Christmas time. So all of a sudden here it is, you know, coming around October, September, and now people are freaking out like, oh, what do we classify them as? So we're already under special amusements. So they put us in with um, theaters and things like that. And they weren't uh, technically classified until then. And so then um, there was a lot of things going on. I can go into that in depth if you like. But basically there was a, there was a lawsuit involved with the, with the governor himself and some of the staff and, uh, and, and all the health inspectors. And under those lawsuits, you can go after them directly for, um, for uh, loss of revenue and things like that. At that point, then the governor said, okay, we're going to allow haunted attractions to open. Um, and so they could open, and this was uh, October, October 1st. So we'd already lost September, uh, but he said they could open. So uh, the governor of Salem, um, rather, I'm sorry, the mayor of Salem went back and said, well, we acknowledge the governor's ruling, but we're not going to adopt it into the town until November 15th. So basically we were back to square one and we couldn't open because we're all actors. We gave some of our animatronics to um, another haunt in town um, which mentioned so that they could open and there they switched to all animatronics. So they tried to close him too, but he's like, well, what is the purpose? He goes, Oh, well, you know, your actors are going to spread COVID. It's like, we only let one group at a time and there's no actors in there. So they had to let him open and they did other places in town just pulled out all their people. Didn't really change anything and just had them go through an empty place, but they were open. We were the only one in town that actually, followed all those rules and closed again we take it seriously and our whole thing is is actors so we didn't really we weren't we weren't set up to do animatronics at that time and we're not this year because we're supposed to be fine we'll have to wait and see what happens but um no matter what happens we're gonna have to open because if we don't we're gonna be out of business can i ask you a quick question sure so up in Canada, they had the Canadian government help bail out businesses by giving them funds because they knew that they, you know, a lot of restaurants were closed, let's say. So they knew that these guys still had to pay their rent. They still had overhead. Is there anything in the U.S. where they did something like that to help you guys out? There are. Uh, there's PPE loans. There's different things you could do. There's loans where um, you can get a loan and um, – you, uh, I, I believe if you, if you, let me get this straight. I believe if, if you spend, I think it's like uh, 70% of it goes to your employees or people that you pay, then you didn't have to pay it back. So there were things like that. But again, off season, it's just, there's just two of us. So there, that was not going to qualify. And, um, you know, basically we have loss of revenue because we current open so it, it was, uh, we, we just didn't really, we weren't big enough to qualify for any of those, those bailout methods, um, being a sole proprietor and, you know, it was LLC, but, you know, it's basically, you know, we have a, a manager, owner, me, and, and you know, uh, and then we had some staff and that's it. So unfortunately that wasn't going to cut it for us. Yeah, for, for seasonal uh, businesses, they really, the PPE loans and stuff weren't structured for it. They just let each state's unemployment try and, and handle that. And that's, you know, doesn't fit, especially with haunted attractions and stuff, because the season's nope. so short and every state was just 
all mixed up with that and waiting for more federal funds. So yeah, a lot of seasonal and your smaller things really got overlooked with that because they just rushed to try and get something in there. Were yeah, they were looking for like a 30 day, you know, you had to, the last 30 days of work. Well, we, by 30 days, we're done. Yeah. You know, so. Sure. Were other haunts in Massachusetts able to open? Was this strictly a, a Salem thing with the mayor? Oh, no, saying? no. It was um, once they adopted that, uh, most haunts had to do the same thing. Uh, for that month, I worked with my buddy up in New Hampshire there, Fright Kingdom, Tim Dunn. And um, so I was, uh, but I wasn't performing. I was helping, you know, get all the, you know, all the crowd control things set up and get the people in and out as fast as possible, as safe as possible you know, in, uh, in smaller groups and, you know, reading them, you know, the rules for the umpteenth time, you know, frustrating and fun for everyone, um, you know, so that they had all that stuff before they went in. And um, so they were able to open, but, you know, in New Hampshire, but again, it was a little bit different story because of where they were, but, uh, but every, everything was, was still set up the same thing. They had the same thing we were going to do. It was all, you know, fog disinfectant, everything was wiped down. You know, nobody touched anybody. There were screens involved. We had masks, face masks. I mean, you name it. Did you ever have any issues with customers uh, refusing to wear masks? And you know, if if they refused to wear masks, they could not come in. Period. End. And anyone who took it off in the middle, like you know, a lot of um, let's just say I won't say millennials. I'll just say younger people <laughs> felt like uh, they didn't have to uh, do the mask or they did the nose off thing. And we had, um, you know, some patrons, they'd go to talk to you and they'd pull their mask down to talk. It's like, I, I will understand you. Keep it on. And uh, so some of those people had to be escorted out because uh, we, we couldn't we couldn't just let them you know, be there. So, uh, Chris, you um, you were shut down last year partially. Is that correct? You had a little bit of something going on last year. Yeah, we were told that we. Uh weren't allowed to do the walkthrough because of the COVID and you can't have any contact. And there was no ifs, ands, or buts. They were not allowing us to do our walkthrough. So <clears throat> we didn't do the walkthrough, but we still set up our display that we do outside because a lot of people want to come by kind of like people want to come and see Christmas displays. We've got all our animatronics going off. I still put actors actually in the yard but they would stay more than six feet away. So they weren't wearing masks, but they would walk around acting like zombies and stuff. And that's allowed us still to, as I said to you earlier, raise some funds for sick kids still. Not as much as we normally would because we charge a fee, obviously, to go through the walkthrough. Did you charge a fee for the display or was it just tips appreciated no, we, or anything like that? we just like asked people to donate and Something new we did this year, my kids got me into, is where you put those barcodes up, and now people can scan with their phones, and then they can donate online immediately, because a lot of people would come, and they would always use the excuse they don't have any money on them, but everybody has phones, because they're taking pictures of my haunt, so that's when we say, all right, well, if you can take photos, you can scan that barcode there and make a donation, and it really pumped up our... Uh, our uh, in 2019 our uh, donations that's great how did you uh what what service if you don't mind my asking did you use for that um for that uh scannable like icon it's just online you go online and anybody that has a business you can uh type in the name of your business you type in if it's a charity that it's going to if it's going directly just to you guys only 
because sometimes people come to haunts and they forget to bring their wallets. So huh. again, they can scan the barcode and then they can use their interact to pay, you know, or their e-transfer and it goes directly to you guys. Cool. Yeah. That, that, that's brilliant. That is a, a brilliant little marketing ploy right there. I, I've never heard of this. So yeah. Yeah. It's uh most uh, restaurants you go to now, I don't know if it happened down in the U S but up in Canada, they didn't want to have you touch the menu when they first opened up again. Oh yeah. So what they do is when you get to the table on your table is that barcode and you yep. take your cell phone, you scan the barcode and then boom, you get the menu pops up on your cell phone. And then when the waiter or waitress comes by, you can order your meals. Well, this is the same thing kind of like we can use for the haunt. You can scan that and then it goes to, you know, do they want it for me? I had, do you want to make a $5, $10, $20, you know, $50, $100 donation? And then you just click what they want and then it goes right in. And then immediately um, we've also got it set up through Sick Kids Foundation. If you donate over $10, you get a tax receipt. Cool. Nice. And despite all that, you still had a somewhat successful year to don't to send a check to the Sick Kids Foundation. And you know what really sucked this year or this past year was the first year forever <laughs> that Halloween was on a Saturday night. Yep, it was a full moon, and it was hot out. Like normally, we get either rain or snow up here. Like you could be in a t-shirt this year on Halloween. And um, it was the best Halloween weather-wise. <laughs> wow. You're lucky. We, we had a couple inches of snow right before Halloween. Yeah. I remember getting up the, the, that Friday and looking out, and it, all my pumpkins out front were covered in snow. I'm like, uh. It was cool. The, um, we had a, the issue we had up here in Salem was, you know, usually it's, it's a huge uh, Halloween destination, not just October, but obviously Halloween. And um, the, the bigger issue was that um, – the, uh, the mayor went to the governor and uh, the two of them worked out a thing where all the highways had huge signs that said, Salem is closed. Do not go to Salem. You know, there are no attractions open in Salem, which, of course, was totally untrue. Um, you know, restaurants were open. You know, many things were open. They just they were successful in closing, you know, the haunted attractions for the most part. Uh, but, but Salem was open for business. And, uh, and they, they had, you know, the cops on the street enforcing, you know, no lines. If you had a line in front of your business, they made you scoot away, uh, you know, and that's fine. All the places that were open had timed ticketing, so that was not an issue. You know, you just, you know, you did your thing online, you walk up, you know, within five minutes or three minutes, and you go in. So there were no real lines. We, we were set up to do that, too, but then we couldn't open and despite all of this, a lot of the haunts that opened in 2020 did very well. Did very you know, well. I, I was speaking to some, I was at a convention in Tennessee this past weekend, spoke to some Tennessee haunt owners and who were open and said, yes, they did better than average expected because so many people had been you know, locked away and quarantined and, and were itching to get out and do something. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it really put a burden on a lot of people who had to close. And I, I know you guys were, were hating it, but let's, let's stop talking about 2020 and all that horrible stuff back then, because it, it is 2021. They have, uh, as of today, the FDA has approved the Pfizer vaccine. So hopefully more people will get vaccinated. You know, there are 
There are many, many more people inoculated now than there were at this point last year. And hopefully, according to so many other haunts, it's on for this year, you know, barring more government or, you know, local people saying you can't. So what are some of the, shall we say, safety concerns that you have implemented in the past year? You know, you've touched on it a little bit with sanitizing and cleaning and stuff, but what what are you guys doing to ensure, or at least your part, so when the inspector comes out and says, what are you doing to, you know, be safe for the customers? How much of a, of a difference is it from, say, 19, which is when you were, you know, at full capacity? Chris, you want to start off with that? Um, I think for me, it's, it's not going to really change too much. Um, I'm not letting um, anybody come in unless they sanitize their hands. So we'll have a sanitize, sanitizing station outside. Uh, same thing as Ed said, you know, they got to wear their masks still. Um, you know, you don't know who's vaccinated and who isn't. So obviously, you know, you tell them to wear their masks. Um, we're not really that anal. If somebody pulls it down a bit because they're screaming or whatever, I'm not going to really say anything. I'm more get them in first, you know, have it on. Um, my actors stay uh, easily six feet away from everybody and they've been told not to go up close, you know, to do jump scares or anything. So as far as that goes, that's really, you know, that all that we're really doing for my haunt. Um, I think Ed's is a little more different because he's a pro haunt. <laughs> Mine's outside, right? So I'm, everything's out in the open for me. Like I if it rains, all my yeah. actors get soaked and uh, my display gets completely drenched, but it is what it is. I've done that. That's, uh, that's, not, that's not fun, believe me. No. But uh, so I'm familiar with that up here in Salem. Um, a lot of the same things that we uh, were all planning to do last year, we're going to continue to do at least to start. The, um, the mayor has already gone through and pushed very hard for a uh, mask mandate to be reinstated in Salem. Uh, and that that passed, on, you know, without people really knowing what was going on. So it's in effect. They're not enforcing it yet, but they will. So, uh, so I, I had little like, like Grim Reapers with masks on, you know, saying, you know, need a mask to enter. You know, we have some here. We'll sell them, you know, basically at our cost, you know, if you don't have one. So for, for at least to start right now, everyone's walking around in town. No one's got a mask unless you want to. Um, and there's no, there's no mandate. I fully completely expect them to, uh, to reinstate that where you have to have a mask. So right now we're planning for everyone to wear masks, including us. We have Plexi up at the ticket booth. Um, so that's fine. Our actors, um, you know, they'll be as far away from the guests as they can be, you know, because obviously it's a, it's a small attraction. You know, my show right now, I'm, I'm going to develop it to be a, a different kind of experience that you can do. You can pay a premium, have a 20 minute adventure uh, right now, it's the, you know, the, the boo scare, scary seven minutes uh, show. And um, so without mm -hmm. the actors in it, it's kind of like a movie theater, a nice movie theater, but without the movie. So uh, so I really need that interaction. That being said, no matter what comes down the pike, I will open. If I have to stand in the back with skeletons on strings, pulling strings, whatever it takes before <laughs> I can take some animatronics and get them in there, that's what's going to happen to get us open. 
but uh, so we're ready. We have a sanitation um, uh, dispenser right by the door. We'll do all that stuff. Uh, we have all the um, we have a lot of tickets that are sold online. So there's a lot of no touch. We do take cash, uh, but we have all the other systems uh, in set. You know, you know, Apple Pay, all those. You know, PayPal, any of those services. You know, we take all of those. So um, you know, so all of that stuff is set up. Everything will still be sanitized. You know, in between groups. Um, which is easy to do uh, for us. Um, just, you know, every group that goes by, you just take a quick run through and, and everything gets sanitized. So that's pretty simple. Um, really not much of anything touches anybody. We do have like a drop spider and that's um, that's rubber that gets sanitized. So that's pretty easy. Um, you know, other than that, um, there really isn't anything that people are going to touch. There's no, there's no doors or curtains or any of that stuff. It's all... Uh, open with corners. So, um, but we are ready to do whatever it takes to get open this year. You know, go ahead, Jim. I was going to say, I was going to say, Ed, uh, it sounds a lot like, uh, Salem was, um, I went up there in, um, in mid April with my wife and it was pretty much the same way. Everything was, everybody was masked inside and outside. Uh, you know, you had separations in the attractions and everything, uh, do you see that as, do you think it's going to be any kind of hindrance for you or, or are you, are you trying to turn it into a positive? Well, we'll always try and turn it into a positive, you know, saying that, you know, people will get a, um, a more one-on-one show, which is great, um, which we always try to do. But, you know, if, if it's really, really busy, sometimes uh, during October, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, we would do six people, whether you know them or not. Now, obviously, we can't do that. So you'll be with your group. So that is that is the positive of the whole thing. That's the silver lining. Other than that, um, you know, it definitely is going to cut into how many people we can put through in an hour. And um, and that will cut into the bottom line. But, you know, my main thing is to be able to get people in, uh, have them be allowed to come in and then we'll take it from there. We expect it to be a pretty good season, um, you know, barring wacky, wacky, you know, laws and, and stuff. I'm, I'm trying to be so PC here and not say anything out of turn, but uh, <laughs> without any unreasonable wacky stuff, uh, we expect it to be a pretty good season. Um, already, you know, people are looking for things to do around town. We're one of the few attractions that are open past uh, six o'clock. Most, you know, the town rolls up at sidewalks between five and six. So we're usually open until at least seven or eight. So when you know, other things are closed, come on down to the wharf kind of thing. So um, we're actually going to do a thing with Groupon, uh, which which most haunts, including me, would never do because there's just not enough of a bottom line with Groupon. But uh, we're doing it with our VIP ticket. So that basically allows you to get a VIP ticket for a regular price. And, uh, you know, as long as that doesn't oversell, we can cut it off at any time. So uh, if it becomes too popular, which is a good problem to have, then uh, we can go and edit that out. But, um, you know, we're, we're planning to do as many people as we can possibly safely do. And hopefully we get the chance to do that. So can, can I put my reservation in for September of 22 now? You are all set, brother. <laughs> I, I say that tongue in cheek, but actually me and some friends are going to Rhode Island to investigate the Conjuring House. in Very early cool. September. 
And after we get done there, we're coming over to Salem for a few days. First, I'm here. Let me know. There's a huge uh, Haunters contingent coming up this October. And uh, hopefully I'll have things in place here where I can walk them to at least one other haunt. But uh, I expect to be pretty busy. Okay. And Storm, I just nailed everything down recently. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I I see how it is. But, you um, you know, Ed, you had mentioned one thing, you know, looking into some of these... um, collaborations you might not have other years is that also something you know for for both you and chris that you've seen you know are you looking back at like you know restaurants and some of the even advertising that you know some of the more cooperative things in past years they might not have been open to but i know especially like downtown salem there are a lot less restaurants now than there used to be you know are they more open to work with attractions and sort of you know, work with timetabling and time ticketing with the attractions and stuff. Have you seen any of that? Um, it, up here in town and, and uh, like up in Nashua and some of the other places I've, I've worked on haunts and stuff, um, I would say probably no. And I'll tell you why. It's it's, it's not that they're not willing to to go outside the norm uh, for for unorthodox advertising or out of the box advertising. It's uh, quite frankly, it's uh, at least right now, it's that everyone's, at least in my experience, everyone's purse strings are so tight and the budgets are so tight. So Groupon doesn't really cost us anything. So we're willing to do that, even though, you know, um, usually don't make a lot of money because they take a huge chunk. But the way we've got it worked out with the VIPs, we only do it with the VIPs, then that will, we can do that. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing for us, for Groupon, is that it gets people in town that have no idea there is a wharf or this end of town that is off that orange uh, stripe they have going around the center of town, that uh, it brings people from out of town that don't know anything about it all the way down here to find us. And that's the only reason we're doing it, uh, which is perfect. There's a lot of cool stuff down here, but no one knows it's here. So um, that's, that's our main goal with that. With that said, I mean, um, we usually will have somebody hawking and, and doing flyers up where the, the, um, the most people are up on Essex Street, which is the main the main drag, I guess, in town where all the cute shops are and the witchy little things are. And um, to let people know that there's stuff down here. And, you know, some of the other um, haunts in town, not the ones that, that I, I've worked on per se, but um, they're famous for saying that um, our, our haunted houses are the only haunts in town. And you'll mention another one by name, say, oh, no, they're all closed. You know, it's like, what? So, you know, I mean, that's just how they do business. I guess that's business. Um, so, you know, we're fighting that kind of thing as well. So, you know, the main thing is to have a presence out there with our name to let people know that we're here. And then, you know, people can decide whether they want to come down or not. But, I mean, again, I mean, that kind of stuff, getting people down here, I think this year is more important than, than ever. And then it's up to us to deliver a good product. I find, social, I find social media has become a big part too now. Yep. Um, I'm lucky. I've got two teenage boys, uh, 17 and 15. Perfect. And they're, they're into like, when I mention Facebook, they laugh at me. They go, dad, that's for like old people. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they're into this TikTok now, yep. and Instagram and all that stuff. And they're good at, um, you know, shooting video or taking photos when we're setting up or when the haunts up and running. And we get actually most of our traffic through the social media. That's cool. People see it and they want to come and see. 
Yeah, I've got um, I've got a, a, a buddy blood, a lounging vampire. I do a couple of like you know pruner parody songs and stuff, and we already have plans to do a quick little TikTok thing here and there to get people down here in this part of town. Nice. We'll see how it goes, you know, but it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. I do want to remind everybody you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. We are talking with Ed Gannon and Chris Ainsworth, who were haunt owners that were not open last year, but are opening this year. We're trying to find out all the different things that they are doing in order to keep their haunts safe and open this year, along with our host, Storm Meat Hook Jim and myself. We're going to take a very short break, and we will be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror talking with Chris Ainsworth of the Canadian Haunters Association and Thornhill Woods Haunted Attraction in Thornhill, Ontario, Ed Gannon of the Chambers of Terror in Salem, Mass. Storm Jim and myself. And uh Chris, I missed you at Transworld, bud. You usually come by and say hi. So I'm assuming that there was travel restrictions as far as getting in and out of the country or back into the country. So how do you guys, how did the other Canadian haunters, how did you guys shop and you know get stuff? I mean, if you weren't able to come down to Transworld and see the products and I don't know of any large conventions in Canada these days. So, so what did you guys do as far as preparing for 2021? Yeah, you hit the nail. Uh, Canada made it very difficult to leave the country to go to any of the trade shows. So as you said, I normally would be down at Transworld or Hong Kong, but I was fortunately missed both this year because you had to quarantine and you had to pay all kinds of money to stay in hotels when you get back for two weeks before you get let out. And it just wasn't worth it. What so, song did uh, you have prepared? For us I to was see? able to shop like you just said online. So there's certain vendors that I have relationships with and, you know, you get to see all their new stuff that comes out. And uh, I guess the beauty of shopping online now is um, I've actually set up in Niagara Falls, um, USA, there's um, like a U.S. post office there where you can ship your products to there. It's like a P.O. box. And then once it arrives, they take care of all the duty and all the shipping costs that you pay. And it gets shipped into uh, Ontario where I live. And then you just go pick it up. Nice. Wow. Did, yeah. did, you, have a, did you have a particular song you were going to want us to sing this year? Because that's kind of been your tradition of late. Yeah, I uh, I like to do that lip sync videos with you guys. I think I was looking at uh, Talking Heads, Psycho Killer. Nice. We <laughs> might have to do that in 22 if you can uh, come yeah. back down here. So You'll need to learn sense. a lot of French there. Uh, <clears throat> back. <laughs> I'm just going to go Psycho Killer. Qu'est-ce que c'est? That, that'll be my part right there. Just put That's me down. It. There you go. <laughs> 
But I add, you were at Trans World, and uh, how would we'll just ask how was your uh, how was your Trans World? You were vending out there, correct? The uh, the Trans World show this year was phenomenal. Uh, a huge amount of sales. It was a great show. Here's the issue. Um, <laughs> as people were setting up their booths with beautiful, amazing stuff, animatronics and whatever. Uh, my one buddy was uh, got a contract to do um, a huge uh, theme park in Ohio. He was looking to buy like a dozen animatronics, maybe two, all the different things. As they're going up the setup on Wednesday and the show opens Friday, uh, some of the things were getting sold tickets put on them because other you know, haunt owners or vendors were coming by and buying the animatronics. And because it was a late show, a lot of the vendors did not have the time to build orders that they would normally have to build. I mean, they're, they're two months out that they would normally have to build all these extra things, maybe hire extra staff to get it done, whatever. And of course, right now it's hard to get any people, not to mention good people because everyone wants to sit home and, you know, collect a check right now. Um, you know, which is frustrating, but um, every 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 business that I run into across the country is is letting me know that how hard it is to find just employees to fill spots. And then if you need a good employee to do a manager or whatever, even up here in Salem, it's difficult to find staff. So uh, I'm hoping, you know, when we do our haunt to digress a, a minute here. I've got some people that I know from last year, and hopefully they'll be able to come in and, and staff for us and do a great job. But but um, to get back to Transworld, basically a lot of things were being sold before you got there. So there was a huge shortage. So then there was this buying frenzy that went on because people were looking for things to fill the spots that they came to put animatronic A, B, and C in, and now they can't get it. So uh, we do a lot of smalls and uh, takeaway items. So, uh, you know, death whistles, um, you know, fear fans, you know, things like that, audio stuff. Um, Alan's got all his masks and costumes. So that stuff all worked out very well. And we had a pretty good show. A lot of the vendors that did have stuff to sell had a very good show, but it was, um, there were fewer people. We did notice there were, you know, some uh, people from other countries couldn't make it in and uh, they were missed. And you could definitely tell that they weren't there, but, uh, but overall it was, it was a pretty good show. Well, Chris, with the uh, show being as late as it was, were you able to make some orders? Have you had things delivered or are you still waiting on stuff? No, I got stuff actually really quickly. I, I kind of knew what was going to happen. I thought they might have even canceled the show again. So I didn't want to take any chances. So um, I, I placed my orders because I found a lot of the vendors, at least some of the big ones, um, were already promoting their new products. And um, I didn't want to wait. So I bought stuff like I think even back in December. And I started getting stuff shipped in January, February. And that's why you got it. That's awesome. Smart. Yeah, that was it. I didn't want to take any chances because I heard all the stories. I'm in the uh, restaurant e equipment industry and we get a lot of stuff that comes over, you know, from China. And um, it's just insane what the they're charging now for freight. You know, mm -hmm. we, we would get a, a 52 foot trailer for seven, eight thousand dollars to ship. And now they're asking like thirty two thousand. It's just insane. So you can't get parts, you can't get anything. So um, it's kind of moved into so many other industries, automotive. Um, my sister ordered a new fridge and she was supposed to get it in July. And now they're saying maybe November. 
Wow. You know, so it's just the whole industry has just been slammed. But thankfully, you have been able to get your equipment so and your parts from and your props yeah. and things from Transworld. So yeah. we'll we'll go ahead and ask Chris first. What can people going to Thornhill Woods this year expect to be brand new for 2021? Are you bringing back the walkthrough at this point, or are you just going to keep the yard display and hope for the best, or what? No, we're going to uh, redo the walkthrough again. Um, I I try to change it up every other year because. Um, a lot of the kids in the neighborhood or people that come, you know, they kind of start going through the haunt and they know when things are going to jump out and they go, Oh, this guy's going to do this. or that guy's going to do that. And I hate that. So um, new this year for 2021, we are going to be doing the Thornhill woods haunted corn maze. So this is something new that we're doing. And uh, I was going to be buying lumber to build the walls but because of the cost, once again, of everything going up, I've decided to source out uh, wooden skids and I'm going to stand them up and brace them and then uh, zip tie corn stalks to it. And uh, I'm just trying to work out all the, the kinks on what the different themes are going to be in each room. But I'm lucky enough that I have lots of actors um, because I'm a charitable haunt. Um, we don't pay our actors and most of my actors are teenagers. And the reason for that is because um, the kids have to get a minimum of 40 working uh, volunteer hours when they're in high school every year. Cool. So what they do is they come here and we train them and we've used Ed's acting technique techniques that he uses and I've watched a lot of your stuff over the years Ed so I know uh, what to tell them Thank to you, do, what not to do <laughs> and um, you know they, um, they they do a good job I, you know as long as you cool. put out pizza and pop they're happy that's nice I like that yeah so that'll Go be ahead. new and then I've got as I as you said uh through, you know, I, I bought a bunch of new props from different vendors and those will be going out in the yard because I got to move the yard around a bit. And as I said, this year we're going to be doing the corn maze. So I've already started uh, building scarecrows. So I've been recycling my props and, uh, you know, making them into hillbillies and scarecrows. And that'll be kind of a theme this year. Cool. Nice. Ed, how about you with a, a year off to prepare? What's what's going to be brand new for 21 at the Chambers of Terror? Well, a lot of stuff that uh, that I've instituted are uh, things that most people would not see on the surface. But I did a lot of infrastructure stuff. I've got a new 16 camera camera system and in a place this small. That's a lot of cameras. Uh, I've got, you know, a huge monitor above where the ticket taker is and uh, she's not really interested in anything goes on, on inside, but it does have cameras for the two in the front and one out the back door. So, you know, when people are coming and going, things like that. And uh, I've switched a lot of things to uh, a lot of the place runs on Alexa. So a lot of stuff is smart plugs and that allows me to control lighting and uh, things like that. So you used to have to, we still have the, the major shutoff, which most attractions in uh, certainly in the Northeast have where you have, one button turns off your entire show and turns on your work lights. Well, now I can do that with a voice command and I can also change the color of lights and things like that. So, um, you know, tell, you know, it's, it's time for the show, whatever. And then, you know, everything goes down to the right dimness, the right color. 
uh, turns on the fog machines. And the biggest thing is at the end of the night is it turns off the fog machines. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's, there's no, uh, you know, cause a lot of the stuff here being an antique building, you know, the plugs are, you know, underneath something behind a wall, it's tough to get to. And, you know, so, uh, so now all those things are easier. Um, we've also, um, uh, we invested in some new costumes again, because we're just a quick in and out kind of thing. It's mostly accurate interaction. It's, um, they're like Reaper robes, uh, in several colors, uh, like monks robes, almost, uh, with myriad masks. Um, you know, one actor goes behind a wall, changes a quick, quick mask again with his COVID mask underneath. Um, and then, uh, and then comes around a corner. So you think it's a completely different actor, all these different tricks to try and make the place look bigger and give you a longer experience in, uh, in the small footprint that we have. So, um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I've got some, um, you know, eventually I'm going to do a haunted adventure um, in the place and make it um, an option in the off season to do a 20 minute haunted adventure. And that'll of course be a premium price and uh, you get to kind of pick your stories as you go through. And uh, so that'll be a stage three event. Uh, right now we're in stage one. So uh, in event of that, I've, I've put in a couple of an uh, antiques and things like that. I know antiques and a haunt don't go together because they get destroyed so these are these are uh, handpicked so that uh, they'll live, and uh, that'll be fine. So <laughs> I got like an organ and things like that, just more aesthetics, um, and um, you know a lot of a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I've got you know um, you know upgraded um, foggers and different things like that, just to kind of make operationally everything go a lot smoother, easier to manage, easier for the guests, easier for the employees. And, uh, and that allows the employees to just focus on giving a good show and, uh, and not killing themselves too. So um, those smart plugs you talked about, do you have it like connected with like Alexa or Google or. I, I do. Yeah. I use Alexa. I did the same thing for my buddy, John's um, international monster museum. Okay. At the top yeah, of town. I've been using here, and his whole place runs on. Uh, yeah, yeah. His whole place runs on Alexa. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. he can, he can, he's got his animatronics. He can tell the monsters to shut off. And then to come back on. So if you yeah. got someone who does not want a scary show, it's just a museum. Right. And then, you know, you can have it be scary. So that's pretty cool. And, and I've got to say, I love that idea because my entire house is automated by Alexa. <laughs> it's so handy. <laughs> it is. It really is. Like even, even when I'm coming in now, doing stuff like behind me, you can't see, but I'm working on, I'm making floating candles. I'm doing all kinds of stuff for another haunt. I'm working for like three other haunts. This one's for a place in Connecticut. You know, I'm, I'm doing uh, some stuff from a, another buddy of mine across town. I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place and trying to get my place open. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty nuts, but even coming in saying, you know, Hey, you know, turn on all the work lights and everything goes to bright white and uh, it just makes it, you know, a lot easier to get stuff done. So it's pretty fun. It is. It is. I enjoy it. Any questions or other questions from the hosts? I nope. think we've covered a lot of things, um, <clears throat> but what are you hoping for from the season? Are, are you, are you hoping for that excitement? Are you hoping for mass crowds? Or are you just hoping to get through the season? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I personally, <That's> all <laughs> above. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally am hoping to have, I think if we're allowed to open, which again, no matter what, I'm going to be open. Um, is uh, I think the people are looking for things to do. Even now, as we're doing this interview, I had to mute it because someone was knocking on the door trying to see if we were open. 
And uh, you can see stuff in the lobby. It's obviously being worked on, so it's not ready to open. It's also but, not the uh, greatest of weather in New England right now, too. Nope, it's rainy, and people are looking for stuff to do. And again, it's it was 7 o'clock, and everything closes at 6 or 7. So having lights on, people are like, ooh, there's something open to do. So um, so people are looking for things to do, and I, 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 uh, I think they will do very well, and that's great. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, by the same token, I do want to get through it and, uh, you know, get past this because I'm pretty confident with the vaccinations that are happening right now. And, and uh, you know, everyone you know taking steps to be safer in general that, you know, we won't deal with this in any way like this next year. Of course, we said that last year. But, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, things are going to be a lot further along no matter how it goes. And um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, I'm excited to see people come in and have a good time again. You know, I mean, they're even no matter what's going on here in this town, it's it's a tourist attraction town. So it's busy in the summer, you know, because it's a summer destination It's busy in October because it's the witch city. You know, during the those winter months, it's a ghost town, no pun intended. Um, but you'll still see a couple of people walking around with a ghost tour. But it's there's basically nothing going on, you know, from November through January here in town. So that's the time to kind of build stuff up. And uh, and I'm excited to get into that mode as well. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll do well, we'll have enough to, you know, because you know, again, we're, we've got to, with this, um, <laughs> with this month uh, coming up and, and October, we've got to cover last year's expenses because we made no money and next year's expenses. So, uh, so that, that's a big, um, that's a big responsibility and we'll, uh, we're looking forward to it and see what happens. See, so what, what you do, Ed, is you send them all over to Longboards, let them get good and sauced, and then charge them double to get in. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, then they'll spend their money at Longboards, and they. <laughs> it's kind of a young crowd over there. They're not really great with money management. <laughs> you know, not to say the young people aren't good with their money. It's just those particular people aren't good with money, at least from what I can see. You good. know, coming out, putting their pockets out at night. You know, because I'm here working late. So, <laughs> good food though. <laughs> I'm surprised that you're complaining that it's stormy and rainy out there. Isn't that perfect hot weather anyway? You know, you would think, but we are on a <laughs> wharf and it floods. So, uh, wow. you know, you got a little bit of water. If it gets really bad, we got water coming in the back door. So, uh, you know, heave ho. <laughs> yeah, Nothing's more fun with pneumatics than humidity. They, they work so great in the humidity. Oh, this place is super humid. Yeah. You need so, to... Uh, Maybe you can introduce a chupa or a um, Cthulhu or some sort of tentacled something in the back near the back door. I'm all about the tentacle monsters. Yeah, I got plans for that later on, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, right now it's just trying to get it to work in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, how about you? As Storm said, what what are your expectations for this year? I assume that you know, being a charity haunt with all the money going to the Sick Kids Foundation or and everything, and this this new way you talked about with uh, you know scanning barcodes, QC codes, whatever. Um, hopefully, you're going to uh, have another successful season. It sounds. Yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. Again, you know, I'm gonna hope and get lots of uh, support from family and friends. You know, with the social media again, and uh, as long as the weather's good, we should have a good turnout and. Uh, the other thing is we're always looking for sponsors. You know, we, we've got lots of fences here and we put up banners for them and we charge them. You know, we say, if you give us 500 bucks, we'll put your banner up and we'll mention you on our Facebook page or our, oh. our website. I like that. So we do that as well. Yeah. Very nice. 
Any final questions from the co-host? Looking at the clock, we probably should start winding this down. Mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> Nothing from me. No, I think we've we've covered a lot of a lot of neat stuff and a lot of good expectations for the year. And I think it'll be good finding out later how things actually went and hoping that the mayor of Salem decides not to be the exact opposite <laughs> of the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> yeah pretty close uh, it is i, I mean it, it's crazy with some of it, and people don't even realize how you know with it being such a tourist destination and everything it's uh, you know the past year and even this year it's going to be locals who usually don't do these types of things who you know have skipped on this type of tradition over the years because it's so crowded and it it can be such a circus uh you know usually traffic and stuff is so so high but the the fact to even turn people away with the uh, the highway signs and you know the northeast is so different than other parts of the place if you drive by an exit where something is there's something else at the next exit it's it's not like oh yeah turn around and go back you know it's it's not like when you're driving down to florida and you know there's signs for south of the border every 10 um <laughs> Every tenth of a mile, you know, it's, oh, yeah. if you pass something up here, you're going to be inundated with something else. And, you know, Boston, I don't know if anybody's ever been in the area. You can't get back the same way you left. No, nope. the, the roads don't they don't connect. So, you can't know, get there from here. Exactly. You know, it's it's amazing. If, if if you don't go where you want to go, you're going to end up someplace else. <laughs> Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on here and, and very informative. And certainly we hope and wish nothing but very successful seasons for you. This is the part of the show we normally call the plugs. So for all of those folks out there who may be going to Salem, Mah, and that will probably be a lot of you, or going into the Thornhill, Ontario area to check out some haunted houses, some leaves, some, you know, I'm assuming there's a Tim Hortons and, and other things. Man, I made it this far without a Tim Hortons joke. I love Tim Hortons. Uh, <laughs> their maple dips, man. Mm. Um, let's start with Ed. Ed, give us a plug for, uh, for people wanting more information on the Chambers of Terror, which, as you say, is opening in 2021. What are the websites, social medias, and all that where people can get information? Sure. Well, uh, chambersofterror.com, www.chambersofterror.com. And uh, we're easy to find. We're on uh, all the services, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. And um, you can get a hold of me and Chambers of Terror. And um, somethingwickedproductions.com is is my thing where I sell all kinds of haunt-related stuff. So if you're a haunter and you need some death whistles or other stuff like that and you couldn't make it to Transworld, I can hook you up with that stuff too. So uh, all kinds of uh, fun things. Um, basically, chambersofterror.com. There's all kinds of uh, stuff when you get here. There, it will be open. The town will be open. So if you're in the area, check it out. Ed, is it chambersofterror.com or .net? I believe it's .com. Now you got me thinking. Okay. <laughs> to the internet. Let's find <laughs> out. And while we're finding out, let's ask Chris. Chris, where uh, people can get more information about Thornhill Woods. Um, I know in the past that you have um, donated to have you don't I, I believe this is true you've donated to specific sick kids not just the foundation yeah no, are we, you doing that again we give this year the sick kids foundation right did you have like a, a certain person that you were interested in yeah helping we had we had a young girl um, that was a neighbor and uh, she needed to get a heart transplant and um, Really quickly, it was a sad story. A, a woman 
drove backwards through a Costco and ran over a pregnant mother with her two young girls, the shopping cart. Um, the youngest daughter passed away. Uh, the woman lost her baby. And then the older girl that was eight, uh, she ended up becoming a vegetable and then passed away. And they donated all her body parts. And my next door neighbor got her heart. So it's a sad story, but it turned into a good story. There was about eight or nine kids that got different body parts from this young girl. Oh, my God. Yeah. Your neighbors. Yeah, it was a new Costco that just opened up and they didn't put, you know, those big concrete pillars in the front. Yeah. And this woman lost control of her car and she drove backwards through it and ran over this mother and her two kids in the cart. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's horrible. But your neighbor's uh, so you doing said, well good with a new heart? Yeah. Oh, she great. got her new heart. And she's okay. She's perfect point. now. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So let us know how people can get more information about Thornhill Woods. And of course, if they want to make a donation to the Sick Kids Foundation, as you mentioned, anything over $10, you get a tax deductible receipt from them. What are the websites and social medias that they can get more information on that? Uh, you can go directly to the thornhillwoodshauntedhouse.com. And on there, uh, like Ed has, we have all the social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Now we're doing TikTok. We also have our uh, YouTube page with all our videos from previous years. Um, and then on there, there's a Sick Kids tab. And if you click on that, that takes you right to the donation page. And then when you come here, you can also donate. We have uh, two donation boxes and we also have where you can scan a barcode and it takes you right to the Sick Kids page to make your donation. Wonderful. What are the uh, dates that you'll be open this year? Uh, we're going to be open three nights, October the 29th to the 31st. Excellent. And you raise approximately how much in those, in those nights? Um, we were Don't usually have to be. anywhere between ten to 15000 Wow. Yeah. That is fantastic. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Ed, what are the dates of the Chamber of Terror, which I believe is chamberofterror.net? It is chambersofterror.net, and there's a story behind that. Uh, so, But it's chambersofterror.net, not .com, because someone forgot to do a thing. But um, So now they want $3,000 for our own name. But anyway, um, yeah, we're open uh, every day in September and every day in October. So coming up soon, come and check us wow. out. And you don't close up at 6 o'clock like everybody else. No, we're open until at least 7 or 8. Um, you know, but if you, uh, if you're in town, you're going to be here late, give us a call. And, uh, if we can be here late, we will. Very nice. Well, Ed Gannon, Chris Ainsworth, it has been a pleasure to have you be here on the big scary shows round table of terror. We want to thank you guys for taking time out of this. I know the last two years have been extremely difficult as they have been for so many haunts around the country as we try to get through this thing, but hopefully things will be. I think Badger literally froze with uh, signing Excitement. off on us. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Ah, we off. Oh, sure. You're going to make us edit it now. Um, we couldn't do that. Oh, on speed up I have now. no idea what, where we cut off or not. Did we cut it, off? It cut not? off. If you want to do that uh, spiel again, we'll have to patch it up. Yay, more work for Jim. <laughs> the entire spiel. I'll just say well, I wish you guys nothing but success for the 2021 season. We certainly hope that everybody who was close in 2020 is able to make it back. 
2021 because the world needs more haunted houses. Absolutely. And of course, we couldn't do this without our hosts, including Storm. Um, I, I, I'm just glad I have a good internet connection, even after, <laughs> you know, the, the hurricane coming through here, you know, that, that and North Carolina uh, connection, not, not, not so good, not so good, but, uh, yeah, you know, pumped up for this season. We're going to see people getting back traditions and haunts our traditions. So that's, that's going to be cool. And we're going to get to see some people. And then, you know, if you don't like your local politician because they hate you, send them to a Canadian uh, hotel. That's what we found out. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't even mention that you cut out briefly for a few seconds. So that, that, that Rhode Island internet. Hmm. Also, thanks to Meat Hook Jim. I you know. I, I, you know, I, I you know, that's what it sounds like. And uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> and Badger, quit using the cell and use damn Wi Fi. <laughs> I am on Wi-Fi, actually. Then get use so, your computer. The cell it is because my kids went back to school today. They're using the computer. They have oh, there you go. homework, so I can't, I can't, I can't do anything about that. Anyway, my name is Drew Badger. You are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. And all I have to say for Chris is thank you, A, for coming on the show. Thanks and for having me. Which is cool. Of course, this is Ed. Don't hang up yet.
Hi, I am at the Northwest Arkansas Comic Con and I am with Four Color Comics. Welcome to the Big Scary Show. Hi, nice to be here. Well, tell me what you got here. All right, uh, my name is Wells Thompson. Uh, I'm the co-author of all of these very many comics and among the many things we sell is a horror anthology uh, called Descent into Dread. Looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, has 11 different artists in the book, if you include the cover and back cover. Uh, Walter Ostel, I did the cover. He's incredible. Uh, but it's 12 different uh, horror short stories uh, drawn by uh, artists like Serge Acuna, who's done a bunch of uh, Boom and uh, Dark Horse work. Uh, uh, Kath Lobo, who's one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, uh, Mr. Fish Lee, who is a uh, local Arkansas artist. Uh Who's actually at this con, I think, somewhere. Okay, but, great. Uh, so, yeah, tons of different, ta- a lot of different talent in this book. Um, and the overarching theme is kind of like a uh, new age uh, millennial anxiety kind of horror. So the horror of being uh, out of time, out of place, uh, in, an, in a hostile environment and not knowing where to go next. That is very cool. And um, I can attest this stuff looks amazing. Um, really great quality and just really talented artists took part of this. So if someone wanted to take a look at your stuff or maybe order uh, your comics, where can they find you? Uh, well, this comic is available on Amazon. It's called Descent into Dread, spelled exactly how it sounds. Uh, a lot of our work is available online for free at uh, 4 Color Media, color with a U, uh, 4colormedia.com. Uh, you can find a lot of our eight pages there. That's the stuff that's drawn by us and links to where you can find our other stuff. We uh, also are available on social media. Uh, at Wells AFP is where you'll find me. At Four Color Comics, uh, or yeah, Four Color Comics again with a U is uh, where you'll find uh, our uh, the the I guess company uh, okay, great. <laughs> Twitter. Great. Or it's actually at Four Color Fun is the Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, Four Color Comics on Instagram, and uh, we post updates uh, every so often. We also have a newsletter. If you'd like to join, you'll find that on the Twitter and uh, the website as well. Great. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Your stuff is great, and uh, thank you for taking time to talk to me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Have a good day. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Greetings, Greetings listeners, listeners, and welcome. And welcome. Watch out, don't Watch trip out. over don't that, trip torso. Over that torso. It's time, it's time. for Between, between the, the Corpses. corpses. Greetings listeners, Meat Hook Jim here, and on this episode of Between the Corpses, we are going over to the Korean Peninsula and South Korea. Traditionally, families kept their loved one's body at home for three to seven days, depending on the season. To prepare the body, they washed it with incense water, 
combed the hair and cut the nails. Then they dressed the body in silk burial clothes. They also placed coins over the deceased's eyes, cotton in their ears and nose, and rice in their mouth. Once they prepared the body, they wrapped it in several cloth layers and placed it in the casket. When it is time for the funeral, close family members moved to the casket to the cemetery. They believed the house doorway was the dividing line between the living world and the afterlife. During the funeral procession, mourners sang while family and friends followed. Once they reached the cemetery, the pallbearers lower the casket and bow three times in front of the gate. Then they perform the burial ritual to get rid of evil spirits. Afterward, they throw dirt on the casket and place food offerings by the grave. For a modern-day South Korean funeral, the funeral home takes care of the preparation of the body, but some families will still do some of the traditional rituals mentioned above. A South Korean funeral is usually on the third day after the death with a visitation. However, there may not be a funeral service if the deceased wasn't religious. According to a current South Korean census, 56.9% of the population aren't formal members of a religious organization. Interesting. Burial was the most common funeral arrangement in South Korea, but now cremation has taken its place. During the late 1990s, cemeteries ran out of space, so the government changed the burial rules. So in the 2000s, they built more crematories and had more people choose cremation. Cremation in South Korea had a rate of 71.1% as of 2011. Some other reason people may choose cremation is that it's affordable, convenient, and considered hygienic. Plus, with cremation, there are many creative ways to scatter or display cremated ashes. According to the 2011 Korea Institute of Health and Social Affairs survey, 67.2% of people went, want their ashes scattered in nature. Another popular funeral trend is turning your ashes into beads. Then the beads can become a memento, such as a necklace or a bracelet, or you can display the beads in a vase or a glass container. Well, there you go. A little bit of South Korea. We might have covered it before, but hey, we covered it again. Catch you on the next episode. The Legendary Haunt Tour is proud to announce its 2021 destinations. We are excited to be heading south again this year on an amazing trek that will include four top-notch haunted attractions in and around New Orleans. The Mortuary, 13th Gate, New Orleans Nightmare, and Rise. All of these incredible events have been raising the bar for years in innovation and quality. This will be a tour not to be missed. Stay tuned for more details to come, but mark your calendars now and plan to head south for the Legendary Haunt Tour, November 12th and 13th, 2021. For more information, you can check it out on legendaryhaunttour.com. Okay, so I was perusing through the Northwest Arkansas Comic Con and I saw this amazing booth with some absolutely remarkable just totally sick artwork and it is called Fantasy Realms and that is P-H-A-N-T-A-S-A-Y 
R-E-A-L-M-S.com. You guys need to check it out. And I'm here with the artist. Hi. Hi, my name is Patrick Rasmussen. I am the owner and artist of Fantasy Realms. Well, welcome to the Big Scary Show in Northwest Arkansas. Well, thank you so much. It's uh, actually quite a great pleasure because... I originally am from Salt Lake City, Utah, and we just recently moved out to Arkansas like four months ago. You're local. I am local now. That is awesome. So, that is awesome. Yeah, so this is my first big local show. Okay, so I am looking through here, and I'm seeing some great artwork from, let's see, I'm seeing It, I'm seeing Sam from Trick or Treat, I'm seeing Evil Dead, I'm seeing um, The Exorcist and stuff. So is this normally your genre, or is this specific to the show? My genre is everything. I love doing... I grew up watching horror films, and I love the paranormal and and um, cryptid, stuff like that. So I do a ton of stuff like that. But at the same time, I love cowboy movies and other various genres. So I do everything from... I've got a painting oh, of the yeah. Mona Lisa that I have. Yeah, I'm I do pictures from Tombstone. Yeah, I do a lot of... I got Harry Potter. Like, I'm across the board. Plus, I love painting animals. Um, so, I mean, I've got pictures of different animals that I do. So, love that everything. great. So, I already gave you the website. So, if anybody wants to see your artwork, they can go there. And you're doing special something special for the Big Scary Show. What are you doing? Um, I'm actually going to be donating some pictures for the show for um, any of the uh, people that want to do bids on them or for donations. Um, so you guys can go ahead and help um, contribute to that. That's great. Well, I will set something up with the powers that be at the Big Show, and we'll make sure everyone sees that and has an opportunity to grab one of your fabulous artworks. Thank you. Appreciate so, it. Thank you so much for talking with me. All right, thank you. Thank you. Midnight Syndicate, Midnight Syndicate. I won't tell on the big scary show.
ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenline Studios Dark Imaginings Fright Finder Haunt Pay Creepy Collection and Von Caron Productions We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin Master of the Ether Muse as well as the four hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor Trainer and Consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, the Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com. And finally, you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show, LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.